becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you to make real. Passing note of the songs. You have been starting the clock. I'm not sure this is a tradition we want to keep. No, I would say. But look at all the views we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> On all these episodes we haven't released yet. Yeah. Okay. Hey, welcome to the shores. Welcome to the shores. Woo. Matt, Michael. Michael. Matt. Cheers. Okay. We did start this off with we had a little Craig and Moore before, so Ooh, we've never right. had Craig and Moore. Wow. Well, we decided that this is uh, episode 71. 71. And it just so happened I bought a celebratory bottle of Craig and Moore that is $71. So, you know. Prophetic. This is going to be a great episode, (laughs) (laughs) apparently. The Oracle of, what is it called? Say Odysseus, but it's not a... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was a a fall flat. So we're going to start this conversation off by reading a tweet. Hmm. Um... Oh, I thought you wrote that. By Robert Breedluck. No. The one that, oh, I was talking on your notes. Oh, you want me to read that? Well, you, what, read them both. What are we doing? We don't have a plan here. <laughs> yes, we do. Shh. If anybody thinks we planned these I out, just, you I are just sadly you. mistaken. You did shush me. Um, okay, I'll start with what I wrote. I did like that Breedlove one, too. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, it made it to my whiteboard this week. So we've been talking about, well, you, Michael and, and I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm addressing the listeners or well, probably so because myself. they've been yeah. along for the progress. Yeah. So the way that we've been doing this is we've, we've sort of been continuing our thought process, I think week by week. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think what we're going to try to talk about tonight is pulling some pieces together. Uh, and, and one of the, the ideas is the idea of transition. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking last week about um, love in motion or love being motion mm-hmm. and motion toward an ideal. And if it's in motion, then it is constantly sort of becoming something. It's transitioning between some number of states or something. And mm-hmm. I was kind of trying to work that out after our last conversation. I wrote this down and we'll just see if this becomes a spark. Or it could be a spark that becomes a, a fiery conversation. <laughs> a forest fire. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this, this uh, common thing I think we say about things in the past is like you get some distance from something and you can see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so see it for what it is. It's really something you can only say <clears throat> once motion stops. Otherwise, it's in the process of becoming Is it the lovers who stay up all night exploring each other or the ones who are annoyed with each other over some small thing nested in a hundred layer articulation of some disappointment that they don't dare admit? It's both at once. We don't know until the game has been called. It is becoming until it is. And it can only be called through death or eternity. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, whether it's a, a relationship or, or any other thing, you know, what is it? Well, you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's motion towards something and away from something else. Yeah. It's in this constant state of transitioning. It's both, both sets of lovers at once, you know, and if you snapshot 
just the bickering, well, it doesn't look so good. You snapshot the sort of like honeymoon blind love moment looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. But neither of those is the full story. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the point. This is all a story. It's transitioning away from something and towards something. You can't really say what it is until that stops. Yeah, I think that's, when you, when you read that quote, when you read that quote, <laughs> it was you who said that. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was, you know, because you do have this, sort of this process that you are always in and there's these moments where you kind of coalesce into some sort of statement or naming things. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like really helpful. And we kind of were talking about this before, kind of like the balance between chaos and order and the yin and the yang. And, uh, there's just a lot of like, uh, kind of balancing aspects in life. You know, it's like you, you have these moments where you're at odds with each other and you have these moments where you're at one with each other. Mm-hmm. And also in philosophy, the whole, uh, one in the many, you know, the finite and the infinite. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you kind of have to sometimes be in one place or the other at any given time. But if you spend too much time in that place, it becomes, uh, you know, insanity or totalitarian and mm-hmm. what it yeah. kind of coalesce. And, you know, it's like, like if you're in an abusive relationship, you know, at some point it's, you have to call it that, Hey, I can't be in this relationship anymore, you know, or it can be a lot simpler that we have different goals or different ideals. And, and at some point those things veer from each other, you know? Yeah. Well, I like what you said too, about like, you have to name things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is this, this thing that we're pointing out here that we don't know what something is as it's becoming, Mm -hmm. but there are, there are points along the way if you, if you don't name something, mm-hmm. you don't say what it is. Um, you don't have any way to sort of operate with it, mm-hmm. you know, sort of back to the idea of two people in love, mm-hmm. you know, what is it that you're becoming? What is this relationship going to be? Well, you mm-hmm. don't know, but at some point you've got to name it and say, well, <clears throat> we're boyfriend, girlfriend mm-hmm. or husband and wife. You give it a name so that you can, so you can interact with it. Yeah. If you don't, then you're sort of left in this undefined chaotic state. Mm-hmm. And then the, I think to your example, the other end of that is the tyrannical end where you say, you are my girlfriend. Here's exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, no, don't deviate. From don't deviate from that. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's what I need. And if you don't give that to me, then we're, you know, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need definition so that you can even talk about it, point to it, know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also need room for that to be in motion and to become. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's hard. Cause it seems like we all probably tend and it might, this might change throughout, but I, I tend to see, we all tend to, to line, to line on one side or the other, you know, like not wanting to define anything and just kind of let things be mm-hmm. as things will be. Um, or to like wanting to define everything. Yeah. Like, so what is this? Where are we? How, where are we now? Like, okay, we've been in this for three months. Where are we now? And you know, it's like, that's sort of like, almost like, oh, you got to give us some breathing room to sort of develop and become something. Yeah. As you interact with it, you can become very insecure about Mm -hmm. lack of definition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I think this actually works. Like just thinking about transition, you know, we can swap the, the, the working model into something else like, um, transitioning 
out of this pandemic, for example. Oh, good point. You know, um, I think we've all, you know, wanted to go back to some sort of normal, you know, but how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't just go, okay, we're done. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a too quick transition mm-hmm. into what will end up feeling like chaos. Mm-hmm. Because, so it's like, you need to say, like there actually needs to be a transition where we say, hey, we're still going to name things what they are. We're still going to call out risks. We're still going to talk about this, mm-hmm. but we're going to give it more room than we have been. Yeah, You know, that's the only way that that transition works. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's too, it's too chaotic. It also makes me think when, you're, when you mention it through like the pandemic uh, aspect, it's some people are so afraid of change. You know, it's like, it's scary. It's, you know, even to some people right now, it's death, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. even if they are vaccinated, they still see like death on the other end of yeah. coming out and not wearing masks or, uh, society being coming more, maybe allowing people to make decisions for themselves rather than have a, a top down, you know, mm-hmm. um, declaration of what you should and shouldn't do. You yeah. Know? But at some point, you know, and some people don't believe this, but at some point, those who are in authority should be able to start to step away and say, Hey, we're going to allow, allow, I even hate that word, but allow you to start making decisions on your own. You can open up 30%, yeah. 70%, 100%. Yeah. I mean, rather than the, allow, say <clears throat> like we're going to transfer the decision-making responsibility, mm-hmm. take that off of the state and put it on to more local authorities, whether that's oh, the point. owner of a business or mm-hmm. the head of a household or teachers in a classroom as a, you know, or, or, or di- school districts as opposed to state mm-hmm. to transfer of responsibility rather than an allowance. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a great way to say it, the responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, so that, so that you are able to sort of start to negotiate what that means for you. Yeah. And, <clears throat> especially whenever it's not, uh, I, I, I'm kind of going back to the idea of kids too. Like whenever uh, you have a young child, it's like you, they have almost no responsibility and you do everything for them. But any good parent as, as they are growing older needs to step away and then give that responsibility to your child. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one role that government has done well and extremely bad is in times of crisis, we give government authority to sort of direct us, whether it be wars or mm. uh, famine or, you know, pandemics. Right. But the hardest thing to do natural is then to, natural disaster is then to release that control and, <clears throat> and return that to the individual, the sovereign individual in making those steps all the way down from federal to state to local to, you know, yeah. I mean, there's that role. Which reminds me back to the relationship analogy that, Mm. you know, people can get really self uh, um, anxious, self-conscious about like, what Mm. are we? What are we now? Are Mm. we still that? Are we still that? You know, Mm -hmm. it could be the same thing trying, you know, it's not only that government doesn't want to release authority. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also the aspect of, I think people don't want to take that authority back. Oh, yeah. Because it's being defined. Mm-hmm. And you, they, I mean, there's safety in that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. For someone to tell you what to do at yeah. all times. Right. Like, you know, it's scary, right? There's a disease out there and it's scary. And mm-hmm. if we say the authority comes from the president or from the government or whatever to tell us what to do, well, the responsibility also comes with that too, mm-hmm. because we can do that and we all have the same person to blame if that doesn't work. There's yeah. a lot of safety in that. Mm-hmm. And as you transfer that decision-making responsibility, you know, back down to smaller and smaller entities and eventually back down to an individual. Well, you have freedom, but you are also responsible for the outcome mm-hmm. of the decisions that you make. And that's hard. I mean, once that responsibility has been taken away, you don't, you know, you have no one else to blame, but it's yourself. hard to take it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think like there seems to be some tie between that and how you can feel insecure in a relationship, mm. you know, it's like if you're feeling insecure in a relationship, having your partner or lover or whatever constantly ease your insecurity, hmm. you know, constantly tell you what this relationship is. Um, I can see how people get stuck there. Well, it's also like, like there's no active participation, like a relationship takes two people. And if you don't have that participation by the other person, that's wanting you to define all those things, but you are not yourself defining your own boundaries and what you want, you know, and you're negotiating that with the other person, but you're more accepting of those boundaries. Um, it just seems that that is, it's just not a healthy place to be in. It's like, you should always be negotiating those boundaries. Like as the same thing as like the States and the federal government should always be negotiating those boundaries. Like, Hey, federal government, you've overstepped your boundaries for us as a state and as a city or County, you know, it's like, Hey, this is our, you're always negotiating where that is. I mean, that's a good point. Otherwise, what is a relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're the insecure one in a relationship, what are you contributing Mm-hmm. I mean, the relationship is two people. If you're not d- helping define that implicitly and relying on the definition to be given to you mm-hmm. out of some insecurity and, and wanting that to be um, mitigated, mm-hmm. that's not going to be healthy, as you just said. Yeah. Because and, and because you're not bringing your full self to that, mm-hmm. and it's the same. I think with in the, in the relationship between our larger societal hierarchies, you know, whether that's like city to state and then state to federal, um, or even, you know, local districts to city, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're relying on one side to define something, then that relationship is lacking half of its constituent elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It becomes weaker too, because, you know, um, it's like even in a business, it's like I have a I have a, a larger scope. I'm in I'm in you know uh, I'm responsible for. But if I don't if I'm not if I'm not getting information from you know other people like on a store level or on a um, departmental level, I don't know if that's a weird word. Uh, then I can't make good decisions. Like I need those people to take responsibility of their area and own that so that I can actually be informed and they're not just relying on me to tell them what to do. Right. Cause I'm not as intimate with that situation 
that they're the ones who are supposed to be take responsibility and be intimate with that relationship, you know? Absolutely. It just reminds me of, I think Jocko Willink talks a lot about that hmm. as a leader. It's like, you can't just tell people what to do mm-hmm. because you don't know, because you don't understand what they're <clears throat> going through and dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need them to tell you, yeah. you know, and, and then you can direct that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but without their input to say what's going on, it's like, you're just blindly barking directions. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing in terms of defining a relationship. You have one party defining it. That's not going to work. It does seem like in a relationship, it, it does seem to ebb and flow as mm. far as like, I'm going to use this word. I don't know if this is really what I mean. Maybe you can correct me here, but uh, like a, the dominant partner, like I feel like there should be, that should ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You know, so at, at one point I might have a larger influence in the directions of our family or something like that. And at another moment, Allison will have, a larger direction in our family or in our relationship together, you know? Um, but I feel like there's something natural to that in that we can also rely because we're all, you know, we need feedback, we need help and to allow the, uh, I keep using the word allow. You said something earlier to transfer responsibility. Yeah. That they, they accept the responsibility for the relationship at that time. And, and there's times you do it together too. It's like, as a, as a unit together. Yeah, right. It just occurred to me that, you know, if you have, if you have one party in a relationship sort of constantly reassuring the other by defining it and saying, this is what it is, maybe perhaps it doesn't work because <clears throat> it's, it's a, it's a blind dictation of what the relationship should be mm-hmm. in, in a sense, it is issuing orders about an ideal but it's contrived mm-hmm. because you can't just say, well, this is what we're, we're going to be, you know, you know, if it's a romantic relationship, it's like, we're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to take long walks. We're going to do the, uh, have dinner together. It's going to be romantic. I'm gonna going to bring you flowers. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is all very contrived, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, and even said in the most beautifully poetic way, it's contrived. And the reason it's contrived is because it's not an, it's not an ideal like we talked about last week in that, love projects an ideal. Mm -hmm. And we all, I think, know this when you fall in love, you know, what is it? It's better. You don't know, but it's better than you could imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just sit down when you're not in love and say, this is what it's going to be like next time I'm in love Mm -hmm. because you don't know what it's going to be. You know, you fall in love and something transcendent is projected, meaning that it's outside of your grasp. Mm-hmm. And for bo- and you need both parties to be involved in order for that to happen. And then that's what you move toward. When, when you just have somebody saying, this is what we're going to be, you're going to end up with this sort of like very badly written movie that doesn't hold your <laughs> attention. Because, you know, it's the same with art, right? Like art is good when it's transcendent. Mm-hmm. You know, when it points us at something that you could sort of say, I couldn't have imagined that. Mm-hmm. And even the artist, I think, would say, it's like, where did that come from? You say that to an artist. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like, well, I don't, I, I was there. <laughs> you know, it, it just arrived somehow. I think it, artists who are at least honest say that. I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert has this whole excellent TED talk about this, that, mm-hmm. that we used, the, the word genius only recently started being, we, used to, we started implying that word to people. Mm-hmm. 
But I guess <laughs> when the word was originally used in Greece, maybe, or something, uh, it was actually used as a reference to a spirit like an artist had a genius mm-hmm. it was like that literally sort of lived in the walls of the artist's studio and came out and assisted with the work. Yeah. You know, where did it come from? I don't know. And you, you can only say that because it's better than you could have imagined. Mm. So you can't take all the credit for it. And I think it's the same with a unhealthy, insecure relationship, whether that be love or government in which the ideal is It's like dictated from one party to the other. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just arbitrary, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, maybe that does work in you know, in certain situations to your point. I mean, when you are in crisis of some kind, you need to transfer responsibility and authority to someone who is capable, you know, even in a, um, a marriage or a family situation, you're in crisis. Let's say your partner's sick. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that relationship? And if the partner's really sick, well, it's, it's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to decide and say, because your partner can't contribute and that's good for them. No, I say even like in, like in our, like thousand, it's, it's, if there's blood involved, it's like, usually I'm the one who steps up into that space. You know? It's like, <laughs> right. But if it's something that is more, complex <laughs> and emotional. Mm-hmm. Allison usually is the one who steps into that space. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like we do have a, um, and not that we, we can't, you know, this, these roles can't be reversed, but I think I, I see that in our relationship specifically. Like she has a certain authority, I think in that area or even like a expertise in that area that I don't have, you know, yeah. or have less of, and that she's, she's the one that we kind of like, will turn to like, yep, you're up. (laughs) (laughs) Those kids bleed. Michael, you're up. (laughs) But she's, but again, but we also do, we also do those things ourselves, you know, on vice versa, you know, which Mm -hmm. is, which is good too. Yeah. So if you are transitioning, if a relationship is transitioning or if a society is transitioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the concepts scale, mm-hmm. um, if not perfectly, you know, I think in principle somehow, but if you're transitioning, um, you know, maybe a relationship from dating to marriage or dating to breaking up, uh, pandemic from normalcy into some lockdown situation or from lockdown out, mm-hmm. you're transitioning. <clears throat> there has to be a movement of responsibility. Mm-hmm in one way or, or another yeah. to accommodate the change. So, you know, so we, <clears throat> well, it's a negotiation too, mm-hmm. because you know, you're like, I feel this way. I feel this way. Well, what do you think about this? How about this? Well, let's, let's try this. Right. And there's a sort of negotiation that should start to happen where, you know, if like, you know, a lover situation, like, I think we should talk about maybe breaking up. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> what do we do with that? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. or yeah, now we're in a pickle because, uh, or hey, I think we should get married or engaged. It's like, well, I'm not so sure about that. It's yeah. Like, no, I'm sure about this. Let's do this. Like <laughs> that, that's, that doesn't work. You know, it's like, there has to be like uh, a sort of engaging the unknown 
and negotiating mutually mutually oh that's good <clears throat> right otherwise the the distance between your co-narrative grows too great mm. um you know maybe that's one of the difficulties we're having as a society trying to figure out what to do next that mm. does not seem to be a lot of negotiation around that like you know it, 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 take masking for example you've got people who feel very strongly that masking is stupid and we shouldn't be doing it anymore mm -hmm. and other people who say you should absolutely be wearing a mask even if you're vaccinated and outside mm -hmm. you know that's a pretty broad it's spectrum. a broad spectrum it's like okay there's well there's no conversation to be had here you know mm -hmm. you've got to and be able side to goes negotiate science yeah right because <laughs> of the science um so what do you do with that mm -hmm. if you can't if you're not close enough together to negotiate, well, then how does the relationship move forward? Yeah. <clears throat> or even allowances. Like there's a certain amount of like, okay, you feel comfortable with that. Okay. You can, you can go ahead with that. You know, I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be on both sides, respectful of how you want to move forward. You know, there's that sort of, well, I don't know. That's hard to. I mean, that's you just described a negotiation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but it, it, I think that's a hard thing, especially with um, just thinking about the pandemic part. Is we've gotten so uh, politically entrenched that it's hard to, it's harder to negotiate that. <clears throat> I would say more just it, more uh, from the media, like because I know I feel like I've I know people that are both Republicans and Democrats or liberal and conservative that are negotiating this and, you know, have some give and take in that area, mm -hmm. you know, but I think on the media side, you kind of see a little bit more of the extremes. And so it seems so much more out of, um, yeah, it just, it just seems more extreme, but it, I, I do think there's a, there's a certain amount of negotiating that is happening, mm -hmm. you know? Where, where do you see it? Well, I mean, mostly, I mean, here in Austin where it's mostly a liberal city, but so I think even in that, uh, you know, <laughs> it's more in secret, like, <laughs> like people that are, that are a little bit more on the liberal side who are more maybe mask oriented, you know? Yeah. Uh, and not that conservatives aren't. So I, I, I want to be careful not to overstate this, but well, that's just so weird, right? That, I know. that that the masking thing fell on partisan lines, but yeah. continue. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to do it because it actually it almost it almost re re uh, reinforces that stereotype, you know. Um, but let's just say, like like people that are kind of like wanting to become like not wear their mask, you know, and have gotten vaccinated or whatever it might be. It's it seems like they're taking more. Um, when they're not in more of a public, public place, taking more liberties in those areas. <clears throat> okay. And um, where like, you know, then there's other people who once they, they're in their car or, or even as they get out of their car, their mask is on, whether they're inside or outside, you know? And you're like, okay, that's, that's fine too, you know? Uh, and then other people who are walking into stores like, oh, I got to put my mask on or... Uh, are just not doing it and waiting for someone to tell them to put their mask on, you know, <laughs> not the <that> cheating answer. <laughs> uh, uh, 
I have been experimenting with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, it, it's like, what, where, where are we? It's like, what's, we do need to kind of figure out what, well, that's kind of what's so interesting is you, you don't really know where you are mm-hmm. until you test the boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, raising small children mm. and they go through these developmental periods. Like we all, it's like, you know, the kid in the, in the high chair, you know, and he, he's eating. And at some point he takes his food and he just like sticks his arm out and drops it on the floor. Looking right at you. Looking right at you. <laughs> well, at first he doesn't look right at you. First he does it. Uh-huh. And then he's like crying. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go and you pick it up and you put it back. And then this starts to become a game at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again. And I think part of it is like, do you notice me? And part of it is a, is a, um, a brain development period in which he's learning object permanence. Mm something can, I can move something out of my view. Where did it go? I don't know. It's a thousand feet down as far as I'm concerned, you know, but it comes back, <laughs> uh, you know? So, and then, and then as the child gets older, he, he starts testing that too. Like, what are the rules? Well, he doesn't know, you know? So he tests them. Yeah. Can I do this? Yes. Wow. I, I did that. Okay. <laughs> can I do this? No. What does that mean? What's the rule? You know, he doesn't speak well enough that you can articulate clearly exactly what the rule is. And even when you can, so like now like scale that up to a societal level, you know, like where are we with the pandemic? What are the rules? Mm -hmm. You know, well, we don't exactly know. So I think the, I think really the situation we're in, you know, just to to keep focused on the masking thing is you have half the population that's saying, well, we don't know so masks at all times Mm -hmm. alone in the car mask you know alone in a field mask and then you have another half that's like well we don't know so i'm just not going to do it Mm -hmm. okay so where are we well things have changed clearly so but we don't really know Mm -hmm. and so i think you, you have to kind of test it to find out you know do i still need to wear this mask even just socially you know yeah well, you won't know until you try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many layers to it. it. I guess I just don't like playing games in general. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> but life is quite literally a game. Oh, uh, that's true. I guess so. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just think it's like one of those things that. Yeah, it's no. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of going back on what I was saying because it's, it's there's something you negotiate even within yourself. Is like, what do I feel safe doing? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a part at the very beginning where it's like, I don't know what the hell this is. Okay, they say this. Okay, I'm going to do that. You know, and then right. as you go along through, and it's like, okay, okay, this seems valid for the most part. Right. Well, there's some question marks I have here, and yeah. you know, well, is it? necessary still like or wait a minute like i'm not hearing anything about when this will not be necessary (laughs) you know even after the vaccines you know it's like there's still talk about you know i think kamala and her husband kissed with a mask on when they were getting on planes and i was just like well that's ridiculous that that doesn't make any sense yeah you live with this person you're kissing him with their mask on like right was that just like showing people something like signaling something it's like that's dumb to me. I hate signaling, so it's like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it is a negotiation, mm-hmm. you know, to 
show up somewhere with a mask on where, you know, maybe it's a close group of friends you haven't seen in a while and you show up, you don't know what's, what the thing is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you show up with the mask on cause you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you walk in and they all don't have masks on and they're like, Hey, just, you know, we're, we're good here. Take that off. And maybe you're not comfortable with it, mm-hmm. but you do it anyway, or, or something and something changes in you and you sort of negotiate with that group or it could be the opposite. You know, you decide, uh, you know, that you're comfortable not wearing a mask in some area where you always used to wear it. Mm-hmm. So you take it off and you walk in and they're like, whoa, whoa, you know, not okay, not good. Mm-hmm. So you put it back on. I mean, this is the way societies work, whether it's masking or anything else. This is how we mm-hmm. become socialized is mm-hmm. we try something consciously or unconsciously, you know, sometimes it's accidentally. Yeah. You do something, <clears throat> you try something, some new expression of something and you see how your group responds to it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even socializing of kids happen that way kind of naturally. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, someone gets out of line and kids are like, no, you know, right. and sometimes it gets out of control and a parent or a parent or a teacher needs to be like, Hey guys, okay, this is getting out of control here. What's kind of like, where, what's the problem? You know, there's a, there's a certain amount of like, uh, uh, hostile negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <clears throat> totally. You know, and then as you get older, <clears throat> your groups, you know, wh- whatever those are, coworkers, um, friend groups, just, you know, people sort of randomly at a bar or restaurant or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. we're all, we're all behaving by a set of rules. And what are those rules? Well, they're not articulated. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be because we all understand how we should and shouldn't act. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because the people who are really, um, uh, electric comedians tend to be this way. They are able to point out to us the rules that we're living by that we don't realize that we're living by, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and then get a free pass to jump outside of them mm-hmm. so that they can point them out in a way that makes you laugh. And then they can jump back in and they're safe, you know, mm-hmm. whereas like, um, <laughs> there's a negative aspect of that too. Uh, not for the comedians necessarily, but I think there's another personality that jumps outside of those rules in a way that's destructive and on purpose. It's malevolent. It's maybe psychotic. Um, what do you mean? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example and I, I and one's not coming to mind, but yeah. I think we've all known someone who takes pleasure in going outside of the set of rules that we live by and there's no positive benefit to the group but to do it. Mm. Yeah, I guess I can think of like a. Uh, <laughs> shoot, yeah, yeah, there's like kind of a tyrannical aspect of it too, and a shaming. There's there's, there's a shaming part of it too. Like <clears throat> if you're among friends, and you know maybe. Yeah, I don't think I can do that either. <laughs> yeah. But there is, I mean, I, I think the point that you were making, or there was a part, an aspect of it is, is there's a certain um, negotiation and, and policing we do of ourselves, you know. You know, some of it is in how we keep each other safe, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you're in a relationship and it's a, not a healthy relationship, you know, he 
you are with a group of friends that also negotiate with you like, Hey, have you thought about this or mm. how is this? And mm-hmm. they make you think and look at something differently. I think yeah. that's why it's, it's healthy to have friends of all persuasions and political and cultural aspects is that you kind of get that different perspective. And I mean, there's a lot of talk about like just why liberals and conservatives need to be friends, <laughs> you know, just yeah. to be able to have the other side of the, of the story to, to how you perceive and yeah. see things or a libertarian or whatever it might be. Well, I find it really fascinating. This, <clears throat> this idea of unarticulated social rules that we live by mm. is having this. And I may have already told this story on the, on the podcast. I'm, I'm going to tell it again because I just found it. Maybe this is the third time. Who knows? <laughs> Every <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's like I, I discovered it almost by reverse engineering it mm-hmm. um, because we've been doing this thing at, at our kids, my kids' school, where one of the things that you do when you drop them off for in, in-person schooling is like they're taking temperatures and they have to wear a mask and, mm-hmm. you know, okay, this is good. Um, but another thing that they started, you know, right when they opened the school back up, which was some time ago now here in Texas, um, they created an app that you have on your phone and when you drop them off, there's a series of questions like, does your, does the student have a temperature? Has the student been around somebody that has a temperature or has, who has had a positive COVID test in the last 24 hours or, you know, I, whatever those questions are, it's maybe six or seven of them. And then if you answer them all correctly, then it answers no to every one of them. You answer them correctly, you submit and the whole screen turns green and they want you to show the screen to them when you drop the kid off. Mm -hmm. I think this is really interesting. Uh, you know, because again, like when we open the school back up, it's like, what measures are we going to do to take to ensure our kids are safe? And clearly there needs to be some measures. I mean, we're mm-hmm. dealing, we're in a pandemic, we're dealing with something. So we do this and this is good, right? Because we're all having to be really conscious about thinking about, you know, our awareness of exposure to COVID. And, you know, we need to be able to have some way to communicate that to the person who's receiving our children at the school. And this works. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed over enough days of dropping off and doing this, well, you know, it's, it's becomes a force of habit, right? I'm not reading the questions anymore. I know I just need to click no, 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 no. We're in a hurry. I've got three kids to drop off. You know, I'm doing this whole thing, hitting submit, you know, and then at some point we're driving up crap. I forgot to fill the thing out. They say, Hey, you know, do you have the green screen? Shoot. I forgot to fill it out. And they're like, it's okay. Any changes from yesterday? No. Okay, good. You're good. Come on in. Right. Mm -hmm. Enough iterations of this. Everyone's going to say, we, we don't need to do the screen thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's not serving any purpose anymore. Yeah. You know, we have, we have established an, a rule which gets, which becomes implicit and no longer needs to be articulated. That's interesting. Like, so this is, this is a fascinating thing. Is at some point, like it's like, I find that some people want things to be really defined and other times you just kind of let them go. You know, like in that instance, it's like they're the ones taking the temperature. And then at some point you're the one responsible. And then after a while, it's sort of like, Oh, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden there's, there's not even a question. There's no anybody out there anymore. Right. It, it gets, it gets so ingrained that mm-hmm. it becomes unspoken. Yeah. And, and, and it just happens. And, and it just becomes, like, hey, 
everyone knows, don't send your kid to school sick. Mm-hmm. It gets it gets reduced down to this simplified thing. Yeah. And and we no longer have to say, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Does it mean that they're that they have a temperature? Does it mean that they could develop a temperature that day? Does it mean that they've been around somebody tested positive with COVID? It's like <clears throat> we laid all this out yeah. very specifically. And over time, and there's no way to stop this from happening, over time, <clears throat> that will get reduced into habit, which will get reduced into transfer of responsibility, mm-hmm. which will get reduced into implicit unspoken responsibility. I think some people have a problem with like, they don't think other people are responsible, so they want the state or some sort of entity to take responsibility for the individual mm-hmm. because they don't trust individuals to take that responsibility. Or in instance, you just laid out is there is that aspect of, well, could somebody lie or yes, yeah. there is that possibility. That was always a possibility. There was always a possibility, except for the person maybe taking the temperature, but even that doesn't really cover right. all the things, you know? Um, you know, there's some of it is also a perception of, uh, of responsibility or a perception of protection. Um, but it's interesting though, it's like we do, we kind of formulate these sort of rituals and games we play that do serve a purpose in some way. And then also they serve as a ritual that we play Yeah, true. to kind of convince ourselves that we're being safe or to remind ourselves. mm -hmm. Yeah. When I just thought, you know, eventually this gets so implicit that we just start using words like trust. Hmm. Like, I don't, I no longer have to see your screen. Yeah. It's like, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's what you have to move toward. I mean, but that's the other side of the tyrannical control of the rules, hmm. you know, which you could take the other direction. It's like... I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take your temperature because I don't trust you to mm-hmm. tell me truthfully that you took it yourself this morning, mm-hmm. you know? And then somebody could say, well, I don't trust the school to do that. I want the, I want the state to do that. Mm. Well, how are they going to do that? I want the state to send people to every home every morning mm. in order to do that, to verify so that that burden's not put on the teachers. And plus we don't really know that we can trust the teachers, but we think we can trust the state because they've got authority, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can, you can play that game in the opposite direction until you have complete tyranny or AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love this idea. I just, I find this so beautiful that, that the ritualized, well, the, the, the rule set, which is followed becomes habitual or ritual which becomes so much so that it can, it start, it stops being seen. Hmm. And then once it stops being seen or, or, or serving a purpose, it dissolves into some deeper layer. And I think that deeper layer is trust. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it that I drive my, you know, my youngest is 10 now, but she's been going to school since she was five. It's like, why is it that I drive to a, a place and deliver my five-year-old vulnerable, beautiful little daughter into the hands of a group of strangers. Hmm. You know, I, do, I didn't need a set of rules clearly articulated about what they were going to do exactly all the time. Mm-hmm. I trusted them mm-hmm. with my daughter. And why is that? You know, it's some larger version of this process happening 
in which we are all playing by a set of rules that we don't really know what they are, but we intuit them. We trust oh, them. Fantastic. You know, and you can, and I think it's something like this pandemic draws some of those out and they get, they get relisted, mm. you know, like here, we're going to do this. attention to them. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to rearticulate these, mm-hmm. pull them out of the implicit trust that we have as a community and make everybody recite them every day, you know, but I think that in a naturally relational society that eventually becomes an encumbrance to the progress of a relationship. Hmm. You know, wouldn't it be so much better if I didn't have to, every time I saw you answer a list of six questions mm-hmm. that you could just trust me to, well, to, to tell you when an anomaly has occurred, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, normalcy is that we take all this f- to be true, you know, and, and we hang out and there's trust. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that there's trust because you are expecting that if I am exposed to somebody with COVID, mm-hmm. which would be the anomalous situation, that I'll call that out yeah. say, hey, all those rules we used to recite uh, and we don't anymore because we just trust each other. One ping, you know, flag goes up. One of those went off, mm-hmm. you know, the implicit answer was no to all of those questions. Mm. But now the answer to one is yes. And so now I've got to articulate it again. Yeah. I find, that's, I find that to be so beautiful. And I just wonder how many of those things are operating within our relationships that we don't realize. Yeah. And, we, and it's just trust. And in, in the most beautiful sort of way. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I had to sneeze. Come out. <laughs> I saw it er- erupting over, out of your face. I'm surprised it didn't actually. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about allergies right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's the whole negotiating relationship and, and the rules and, but it's, I I find that there's like that part of of people that want, that almost want and need to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. And, and then what if you what do you do with those that that want to retain control and you know as a you know as a um, in a relationship sometimes you have the other partner who is just controlling in general and wants to have authority over the relationship you know right. you see that in governments too it's like like you are not safe i'm going to keep you safe the controlling partner mm-hmm. or the the <clears throat> authoritarian totalitarian leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you, how do you negotiate that? I think that's, that's something that, and and we also know that there's a sort of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, it's like sometimes those that are the most afraid are the most vocal. And it's like, how do you, you know, especially with a kid that is sort of being, out of control and, and, and needs to kind of calm down, you know, it's like an authority would be like, Hey, I think you need to take some time and time out or, Mm -hmm. or step away for a second or something like that. I just don't see a lot of adults in the room right now being able to negotiate between like those who, um, maybe at the beginning were like, Hey, no, we need to take this seriously, you know, um, and being able to help, kind of bring that into the fold. And then as we come out of this, be like, Hey, 
All right. We need to kind of like slow down, slow your roll on this thing and not double masking or triple masking or being outside in your car by yourself. Like, Hey, you're okay. You're young too. You're 35, you're 25. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Well, I think, I think you, Joe Rogan just got nailed <clears throat> on that and something like that too. He did. <laughs> he yeah, said yeah. he got called out by Fauci. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What the hell? Um, well, it's like when you have within a relationship, well, this happens quite often in divorce. You have a relationship that can no longer negotiate. Hmm. So um, you could use the example of divorce or you could use the two sides of the mask debate. They're no longer able to negotiate because they are essentially both trying to dictate their version Mm. as the only right version, Mm -hmm. um, which is sort of the totalitarian or or maybe fascist is a good uh, word for it point. Um, Well, when you have both sides being that, Mm -hmm. you know, it sort of works if you have one side who's controlling and the other side is willing to be controlled. It's like you can move forward that way. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be healthy, but you can. Um, but when you have both sides sort of unwilling to be controlled and want to control the other side, what mm-hmm. do you do? Well, you need a mediator. You know, in, in divorce, this is what you do. You, they, if you're going to get divorced, they will re- require you to go to mediation yeah. in some states. And that's what a mediator is. is it's not controlling of either side. It's, it's negotiating with each side individually. And, you know, I think that that's kind of what we're lacking at a um, governmental leadership level. Mm-hmm. I don't see many mediators. Mm-hmm. I see, um, well, politicians. <laughs> I see Brett and Heather Weinstein as mediators. Yeah, definitely. They do a good job of you know, they're evolutionary biologists and have a lot of experience and expertise in a lot of these like virology and stuff like that. And, and I actually think they kind of walk through that really well. Yeah. I think Rogan's a pretty good mediator. Mm -hmm. I still wish, you know, there was like, it was uh, proposed that he have Trump and Biden together. It would have been great. Yeah. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, but I think we have, we have a sort of a, when we look at government within our current zeitgeist, we have a, um, well, I think a wrong footed view of what a leader is. Mm-hmm. We think of a leader as somebody who can tell people what to do. And this is back to the Jocko Willing thing. It's like, no, that's not what a good leader does. Yeah. You know, so why do we have that expectation from government leadership? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, we, we have kind of over the years, like overemphasized the role of the president too. you know, where we have three branches, the judicial, the legislative and the executive, you know, and, and there's a sort of, you know, uh, I don't want to get into the politics of that too much, but giving the president too much, um, sway over what actually happens when the president doesn't have that much authority over the other three branches or shouldn't, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's, we've, we've kind of turned this into a game show host, and then, and then all of a sudden, a game show host shows up, or a reality TV show host yeah. shows up on the scene and actually like almost shows us what we've turned our country. <laughs> Let's open door three, see what you won. You won the actual. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Well, it's just hard. Like, what do you, I mean, like how to move forward? I think, especially in these transition times is that, you know, as we sort of like, I, I think, and I'm not sure if herd immunity, the word is in or out right now, but like, as we kind of hit this sort of herd, herd immunity, whether you've been vaccinated or you've already had the COVID, mm-hmm. It's like there's like we need to allow that to transition, and the more we hold on to sort of the hard and fast rules, it's it's just going to take longer to transition. And so I think that's going to be the hardest thing for people to to navigate is that sort of gray area Mm. where what they're comfortable with versus what other people are comfortable with might be different. It's a good point. And, then, and it's not only that it will take longer to transition, but it will be a much more unhealthy transition. Hmm. You know, if we sort of shift our view back to the view of a, of a romantic relationship, let's hmm. say you're transitioning from dating to breaking up. Yeah. You know, you have this set of rules you operate by when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of like these other rules we're talking about. They're not exactly articulated, but they're negotiated. Mm-hmm. In, in, in an unarticulated way, you know, and, and in some of them are like, mm-hmm. we're seeing each other. We're not going to see anybody else, yeah. you know? Um, but then you break up. Well, if you hold hard and fast to the set of rules that you were living by in that relationship, you're not going to transition into being broken up in a healthy way at all. Mm. You know, you're, you're going to be like, you would never advise a friend to like, you know, continue living by that set of rules. Mm-hmm. after your ex has moved on, that's going to be good for you. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Or don't live in the same house with your ex. <laughs> after you've broken up. <laughs> you've right. broken up or yeah. um, divorced. You know, and it works the other way around. It's mm-hmm. like, you, say you're dating and then you're going to get married. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hold on to that previous set of rules, well, that's not going to be a healthy transition into mm-hmm. a healthy space. You know, you have to, you have to let go of that set of rules and establish and negotiate a new one, mm-hmm. a new set. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you're a guy. You you do things when you live alone that your your new wife is not going to be happy about. It's like you got to start playing by a different set of rules mm-hmm. if you want that relationship to be good. Yeah. So, um, that kind of makes me excited. I, I feel like we we well we kind of whether it's moving out of a pandemic or moving in and out of relationship, moving relationships into new phases, raising relationships with our kids coming into new phases. It's like this idea that we are constantly negotiating a set of rules mm-hmm. and then renegotiating that set of rules into a new set and then renegotiating. It's like, man, how exciting is that? How fertile does that soil seem? Mm. You know, things are constantly changing and they're changing because you are actively renegotiating by engaging in the relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. You are defining the set of rules that we will live by tomorrow. So, and and never, you know, you don't even have to articulate them. It's like you do it naturally. As we said earlier, sometimes accidentally, mm-hmm. you know, when you see the way the group responds and, and sometimes the group or the individual or the society or whatever, and sometimes you do something accidentally and you get this unexpected positive response. Like, Oh wow. I didn't know you were so good at singing. It's like, Oh, I didn't think I was. Oh, thanks. Man. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> you get this positive. It's like, okay, 
new set yeah. of rules. I, I get to sing in the car and that's <laughs> pleasant. And that makes people happy or mm-hmm. could be the other way around, you know, <laughs> something's really funny and you, you, you're, you're, you know, usually won't sort of go out on a limb and try to tell a joke and maybe sometime you try it and mm-hmm. man, it doesn't go well. <laughs> so why now you have to ask yourself why maybe I'm wrong on something about the rule that I was trying to point out. Cause I, I kind of think that's what jokes are. It's like you're, yeah. you're pointing out a rule that was previously implicit. And so, you know, maybe I'm not seeing that properly. Hmm. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I've got a wrong conception of the social rules that we are all living by implicitly. Yeah. You know? And so you, you learn something from that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated to see where we're going to go from here because I think it's really, I see like, I see a lot of tension, you know, especially like in more, um, uh, especially where some of the, where some people are wanting to move on into something that's, that's different, but they're in a place where, uh, they can't, you know, and, and, Mm. um, yeah, I I just, this is fascinating. Like we're talking about this and you just lay out all those different, uh, elements, you know, whether it be a kid who is trying to negotiate something into the future that they don't understand, but their parent also can't, communicate to them you know it's like you you talked about something earlier today about communicating with your kids and it's like wow but not every kid has that ability to contend with their parents and negotiate openly they have to almost do that on their own by themselves and they have no mm-hmm. frame of reference to go by you know and i think that's something too as we go through this is to be able to you know, use each other as a frame of reference. Like, Hey, I'm comfortable with this. What are you comfortable with? Okay, cool. Let's negotiate something here. Right. All right. In this instance, I'm going to wear a mask with, with, with you here, you know? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's try that. Let's try not wearing our mask here. You know, it's like, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to expect you to tell me if you are, have been exposed or if you're in a certain situation, like I'm going to trust you with that, you know? Um, so or you can just understand yourself as like, Hey, I'm a health, I'm a healthy 43 year old. You know, it's like, you know, statistically speaking, I'm pretty all right, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't really have to, I don't feel like I have to negotiate that as much, but maybe somebody who's older, if I'm around them, I might be more aware and just be like, Hey, right. Concerned about that, you know? Yeah. But unless they got the jab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Part is like talking about all this stuff just makes my, head spin too. <laughs> I'm like, uh, just want to sit in a bar and have a <laughs> scotch. Well, <clears throat> there are bars that you can go do that. Now. <laughs> well, I guess all of them you can right now too. Yeah, that's it's true. Like, yeah. Just got to wear a mask from the door to the bar. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. Like are these sort of like in between arbitrary rules that we follow too, which I'm okay with because it allows us, it allows more of us to negotiate that in a public space. And yeah, no, I, th- I you know, that's some, a perfect example. Uh, yeah. It's a perfect Let's use example. That. That's great. I, I think I'm often annoyed with that. Yeah. It's like, why am I wearing a mask from the door to the table mm-hmm. and then not at the table? This mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense, but I think it is, it's an, it's a negotiation of the rule set into the 
unarticulated implicit trust. Mm-hmm. And it's a step in that direction. And it right. has to be a step in that direction. You know, it's like, you know, of the number of measures that are implemented at the school, some of them are going to start dissolving into the implicit trust earlier than other ones. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's too much to do them all at once. Yeah. It wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just take them all down and just dictate to everyone, hey, we're just going to trust each other now. That's the way it's going to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to trust what? each other. Uh, I tried to do Trump, but... Yeah. Uh, that was not good. It was not good. Um, you know, but you sort of like let okay, one okay. naturally dissolve. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the ones that remain mm-hmm. start to seem even more ridiculous, mm. I think. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So it's like, <clears throat> okay, we can eat in restaurants again. Well, obviously you can't wear a mask at the table. So we're going to relieve that set of it. Mm-hmm. And we're already moving into trust because the, the part is, well, you're still going to wear your mask when you come, but what we're trusting you to do is not come if you have COVID, mm-hmm. right? And we're in, okay, this is no longer spoken. Great. But we're, we're going to ask that you wear it. Mm-hmm. We're going to hold on to that part of it and go ahead and wear it until you need to not wear it, which is when you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the lines start encroaching on that. The trust starts encroaching on that even more. And it starts feeling like, wait a second, this isn't making logical sense, you know, but I think that is a necessary, it's, it, it's like you're seeing the negotiation in place, mm-hmm. in play. And you also get to like act it out too. So like, it's not just an, uh, just not a, um, oh yes, absolutely. You're, yeah. it's performative of the trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like it's not just sort of like this ethereal or subjective idea. Right. It's like you you can trust sitting next to me, sitting to the table next to our table, mm-hmm. because you saw us wear our mask as we walked in, mm-hmm. which means we're taking this seriously, and you can trust us to be sitting here without a mask, mm-hmm. right? But that's it's going. That also will fade. Yeah, it's like a play, we're play acting. Yeah. Oh, isn't that funny? Like we. I mean, you just look at animals and what they do and the, how they show things to each other. Like if a wolf loses its battle, the other wolf doesn't kill it. It, it shows its neck to him. It's, it's showing him like, mm-hmm. hey, I submit to you and you can kill me. And the wolf's like, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. You know, it's, these things, these games we play out to show and reveal like, hey, I submit to you. Or we're saying like, hey, I'm wearing this to my table and I take this seriously you know, and then we start getting this, the comfortability that we should have kind right. of grows out of yeah, that. Yeah, and then eventually we we will get to a point where we say, like, I don't need you to show me for mm-hmm. me to be comfortable anymore. Yeah. I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there will always be this, the, the extremes, you know? Right. But we also can't, you also can't um, organize your societies around the extremes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something that... I think just being like, I th- that's something I see in the mainstream media that they overemphasize is the extreme. So it's, <laughs> he's like, it's my dog. <laughs> yeah. The media does overemphasize the extremes. Well, that's where all of the, the drama lives. Oh yeah. You know, what's newsworthy about like restaurant goers trust each other to eat next to one another without wearing a mask on the way in. What? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> Millions of clicks. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just so boring. I don't know. <laughs> in general. Hmm. 
I don't know. Is there anything else we need to wrap up on? I think this? it's a great place to leave it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, for sure. Love you guys. See you next time. Ciao. Bye.